Welcome to New Orleans, so welcome home. You are at home with Renee Antoinette. And um, welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to the Mental Duets with a Podcast. Um, I am recording this whilst I am fighting my mom's life over here. I have COVID. I got the vid after two and a half years. Um, I am grateful because I don't think it's as bad as it could have been you know um, I definitely think that whatever strain or variant I got um now it's miserable I'm not gonna lie to you and sit here and say that it is not the body aches my god the body aches um the hottie coldies the fever and the chills uh the coughing uh what else do I have my soap my 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 throat my throat is um, on fire. Literally, it's like burning to even drink water at this point. Um, but the show must go on. So I wanted to come back on. We need to wrap up season five. Honey, we're finding peace. Whew. And the Lord said, if you want peace, be still. So I wanted to wrap this up for you guys um now I probably will not be yawning but I most certainly well there's a high high probability that I will be coughing so please bear with me um and this is just a message to you guys a quick let's start this off with the story time shall we um one of the things that I have struggled with is consistency. Um, just o- overall, I, I struggle with consistency, especially when you are doing something where you feel like you've been consistent and you're not getting kind of the the results that you wanted to from that said consistency. Um, I have been very much known to go ahead and just throw in the proverbial towel and then do a a quick pivot. Um, So I just um, wanted to give you two things. One, one thing that really blessed me the other day, and I don't know if this was like a week or two ago, but if you are following Miss Tabitha Brown, um, (coughs) excuse me, then you may have you may have seen this post I'm like so stuffed up Uh, she posted a couple of pictures of her when she was just kind of starting on her um, like vegan journey and I don't remember if it was that she had um, a YouTube channel or if she was posting on Instagram or what it was but it was her starting out and she was like Um, the caption was all about like just be consistent don't worry about you know your iPhone quality may not be up to par and you you need to wait until you get the XYZ Sony camera whatever right Um, she said don't don't worry about you know you have too much stuff in your background or you don't have a nice enough background she said just start and be consistent and um, 
that actually really blessed me. I've been following her because of uh, my cousin for a little while now. And just to see um, her personal growth be coupled with her professional growth blessed me. And I know I'm kind of getting off topic right now, but um, I wanted to just bring this back. And I think it will all, all tie in together. Uh, sometimes our inconsistency is affecting our income and our impact. And when I, what I mean by that is do it even if people aren't showing up. Do it even if only a few people are showing up. Do it because you've been called to do it, because you've been purposed to do it. Do it because it feels good to do it. And um, we're going to talk about processing tonight, actually, is how I want to end this season. Um, And I've recognized for myself that a lot of the things that I've struggled um, with finding peace are my unprocessed areas. And let's just let's just get right into it. (laughs) Um, You know, when you are unprocessed there are unresolved areas right and um, what's kind of whack about being unprocessed or or processing period is once you have opened yourself up to the sensitivity of needing to be processed you will kind of always find yourself in a, a season of continual processing because you will um, really just explore again that sensitivity within you will show you <laughs> whether you're ready to see it or not the areas in which you are unprocessed. And so I want to spend just a quick hot 35 seconds talking about what does that look like for me. Part of me, uh, my when I am have an unprocessed area I recognize that I'm very easily triggered in that area meaning triggered um, you know and and that can make me very angry like I'm very quick to anger Um, it could be very sad so I'm like immediately spiral into um, a down or depressive state Um, when I recognize that I'm unprocessed in an area, (laughs) you know, I love to be transparent on here. So, (laughs) um, it causes me to overthink and well, like I'm, I'm an overthinker anyway, but I can tell when something is unprocessed within me because my overthink is in hyperdrive. Not only is my overthinking hyperdrive, but I'm the scenarios in which I masterfully direct and cultivate in my mind um, is a, a work of freaking art. I mean, I oh god, my throat, y'all. Ooh, I just tried to swallow, Lord. Um, so I, I recognize now that for me, those are some of the ways that I know that something is unprocessed. I'm either 
over, 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 over thinking, um, or I am really quickly triggered to the umpteenth degree. So, you know, we can be tormented by our trauma if we don't process it. Meaning, now, um, I have amazing people that I can refer you to that are are actual therapists that can help you work through um, some things. And maybe you already have a therapist, but one of the things that I know... <laughs> without any kind of um, medical education is when you have not processed your trauma your the muscle memory of your brain and your heart those two connected things can cause you to relive that trauma in in numerous ways Um, whether that's actually seeing said trauma kind of play over in your mind whether you are feeling physically having um, physiological uh, responses to your trauma but unprocessed trauma can can torment you we can also be um, not not able to find peace when we have not processed our bad decisions Lord (laughs) and I will say and we're going to talk about let me see one two yeah just two two other things really quickly but um this one is hard for I think most of us because processing bad decisions takes a level of self-reflection and uh, responsibility right You have to take ownership of the fact that you made that bad decision. Sometimes, and I did a whole, I think it was adversity, but make it sparkle. We talk about kind of our adversities and, um, you know, a a traumatic event may have been thrust upon you. And therefore, you know, you are a victim of that thing. But our own personal bad decisions, this is a challenge for many people because, um, one thing that I'm learning, I'm grateful that I have a friend group that is, but not all people, and I will dare say not not most people, are constantly open to the idea of doing self-reflection. To do that kind of checks and balances on themselves, not everybody is out here doing that. So that can be a challenge. Um, that's another reason that you may not have peace. Another reason we may be struggling to find peace is that we continue to operate in toxic relationships. And I'm talking romantic relationships, familiar relationships, um, platonic relationships, any kind of ship that is toxic. That's what I'm talking about. It's hard to find peace. And I'm going to just go ahead with the, the fourth point. It's hard to find peace when we are operating in vicious cycles. Let's take all of those together. How can you find peace and operate in a peaceful state if you have not processed your trauma, if you have not forgiven and accepted your bad decisions, if you are still operating the same way you've always operated in toxic relationships, meaning you have not set boundaries, you have not had discussions, you have not um, done that self-reflection and done your own personal work, 
and then brought it back to the relationship, Lord. And how can we find peace when we operate in vicious cycles, when we're doing these cyclical behaviors? And they may all be interconnected. So not processing those things can make it virtually impossible to find or stay at peace. And not processing can absolutely hold you back. Um, I'm, I'm in a challenging season right now because I'm going to be, again, completely transparent with you. Uh, processing does not mean that, oh, I, I process and it's rainbow unicorns. Like I said, once you process and you open yourself up to the process of processing, <laughs> it seems like there's always another layer. Um, another layer of healing to take place, another process to explore, to look into, to further um, delve into. And so there have been a few areas for me in these last couple few months, I would say, that are coming on strong. I mean, the force is strong with these issues. And, um, it most definitely is kind of like connected to traumas that I feel I, I had already kind of worked through. But now they're manifesting and showing up in, in different ways. And if I'm going to be honest with you, TBH, okay? Uh, it's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying to have to go back and rehash some of the things that you already feel like you did the self-work to overcome it. But there's little shit, y'all, and I'm sorry for getting my language, that keeps popping up. Like this person saying this thing, and then this this thing happened, and this thing, you know, where it's like, it's really, um, what is it? Expose, I want to say exposing. Yes, I think exposing is a good <laughs> it might be a good language is really exposing to me um, areas in my life where I have allowed people to treat me poorly and I operated um, as bubbly fine Brene and so you know some of it is um, for example some of it is uh, platonic relationships I'm, I'm being reminded of a specific person like digging and digging and digging and saying these little things that I wasn't really aware of maybe at the moment of how it made me feel and how it affected me because um, in my mind I'm air quotes not tripping like oh they didn't mean it like that oh they just uh, oh they just you know and then when you start to put all of those like you line all of that shit up and it's like oh that equals this (laughs) I'm starting to see the equation a little bit more clearly now because in the midst of the equation I wasn't really looking to my right and to my left um you know living single (laughs) I was (laughs) I wasn't um, 
throw him to my right and to my left. I, I took every little instance as his own kind of like, just tried to brush it off. But when, oh my God, you guys, my throat. Ooh, let's take the wheel. Um, but when you started to add all those things up, I'm like, yo, it's the, it's the picture. I don't know if you're familiar with the art comp, um, Why, why are the words escaping me? The, um, I don't even know how to describe this. I'm going to just say the words that are coming to my mind right now. Can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm too hopped up on lemon and honey tea, elderberry, <laughs> mixed vaporub, Gatorade and water. I can't think straight. Um, but the artistic composition, um, it's really not that, but it's, um, oh God, I'm really escaping the words of how to say this, but basically the, um, it's called pointillism. And pointillism is essentially when an artist takes a bunch of like, it could be two million dots. So when you're up close, you see, you know, 37 dots that are in varying colors and varying shades but when you pull all the way back you pan all the way out and you look at the picture from afar you can actually see um, that there's a masterpiece painted there that there's there's actual visual imagery painted through this um, technique that's the word I was looking for through this artist technique of pointillism so a lot of times we're we're operating and looking at oh I'm looking really close into the bottom right corner of this um, pointillism painting and um, all I see of the technique are those you know seven dots and so those seven dots don't maybe you know seem kind of insignificant but when you pull all the way out and you look at the whole piece of the art as, as a whole and you see like oh my god <laughs> okay those seven over here also affected the two million three hundred and sixty three thousand over here <laughs> um and so that's kind of what's happening for me right now is um there's a little bit of pointillism going on where I'm starting to connect some of the dots and um it's it's not creating um, I would say it's not creating conflict in my life but it is creating um, emotional conflict and turmoil within myself because what it's bringing up for me para me is not yo why did you let this person hurt you so often why did you let them get away with that why did you let them operate in that way or even kind of understanding like oh that's why this person talked to you because that's how she felt about you that's how she saw you that's that so no wonder x y or z right it's not necessarily bringing up um ill feelings towards other people as much as it is bringing an awareness to myself the level of self-worth that I did not have in seasons previous and so this kind of goes back to 
um, the, the A, toxic relationships, and then B, bad decisions that I've made, taking that accountability and that responsibility for, um, you know, just really acknowledging, excuse me, acknowledging the place that I have in in this thing, right? Like, I have to do that work and I have to um, really accept and grieve and mourn the pieces of myself that I gave away for motherfucking free that I shouldn't have. <laughs> the, the stuff that I did above and beyond for people who were not worthy of. And then check this out, y'all. You have to grieve and mourn that, right? Accept it, forgive yourself, blah, blah, blah. But then you have to be processed enough that you don't make the next person pay for all the shit that we just made. Because as soon as somebody look at you <laughs> cross-eyed, you ready to snap because you got 37 years of built-up aggression that you just realized you had because your dad walked out on you when you were a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's very hard to operate in a state of peace if we're not, one, identifying these areas, our traumas, our triggers, our pain points, our hurt, those kind of uh, emotional, physical, relational blind spots that kind of keep us bound from, uh, bound to our pain and not able to access our healing. Um, goodness I, I, I had to take my notes back up because I'm getting ready to get my timbre oh no where's my timbre oh my timbre y'all there you go wouldn't be a podcast without a yawn so step one is identifying areas that are unresolved unhealed and check this out unknown whoo baby that unknown, and what I mean about unknown, what I mean by unknown is, let's say, um, let me try to give some example together real, real quick. Um, I'm going to give like a very off the wall example because this iron has been sitting in my room for God knows how long. And I'm just going to use this. So maybe you are hella anti-ironing like me <laughs> I, I iron for weddings and funerals beyond that I'm really trying to buy things that don't require a lot of ironing to the age I live by the rule of like these wrinkles right here could happen on the way over now if it's like lin- a linen garment and you know whatever then it's gonna need to be ironed but if I can get away with not ironing something now I'm not gonna be in the streets looking crazy, y'all. But let's take this as an example, okay? So if you hate ironing. You don't even know why you hate ironing. You just hate like you're annoyed when people iron. You're annoyed that oh my, here he go pulling out this damn ironing board again, and you really have not pinpointed <laughs> what is the problem with ironing. Why why do you have such a passionate <laughs> And disproportionate hate to ironing. That's what I mean about unknown. You have to take the time to 
unravel that uh, headphone wire. <laughs> You're going to have to take the time to sit with yourself. And I'll just give you some uh, process program tips. One of the things that I tell people in the process program is step one, think about the very first time that you you experience that that disdain for ironing or you know this oh my goodness I went through a period where I did not like a specific artist's songs I'm not gonna say who the artist is but I just was so like anti-anti now I actually personally knew why I was anti because this person had a connection to a person in my life and I was like hell no I hate this (laughs) so I already knew that that was the case but there are certain things where I've experienced those those triggers and those pain points and you have to really unravel the little headphones or the little cell phone charging. You know, those always get tangled up. Go back as far as you can to the first time that you thought and felt the way that you feel about the island. <laughs> Is it because the last time you saw your dad, he was ironing and he always ironed his pants or, you know, like... You really have to do that work, and it takes time. It takes energy. It takes an, an emotional bandwidth that you have to be willing to devote to it. So that's step one: is you gotta identify those unresolved, unhealed, and unknown areas. Then you have to grieve and mourn what did or did not happen, or how it happened. Lord have mercy. How many times did I say when I was in my air quote single season and I wanted to be married, like, ooh, he's the one, ooh, he is the one now, now, this one right here now, I can see myself married in. <laughs> oh my goodness. And even the ones that you put a lot of time, effort, and energy into, the back and forth and all of these different things, even if it didn't happen, or it didn't happen, whoa, child, 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 because what I just thought about was, if it did happen, okay, let's start with if it didn't happen, if it did not happen, you have to grieve and mourn that, relationships that end are a loss, they should be grieved, they should be mourned, you gotta process and work through those things, um, and there are steps through the, the grieving process, right, now, check this out. Another thing you have to grieve, baby, is if it did happen and you got that man that you were praying for and realize, who this ain't man, this is not child, this ain't what I wanted. Lord, I was over here begging and pleading in the middle of the night and now here he is. <laughs> and it ain't all that it's cracked up to be. Grieving and mourning the life that we thought we would have by now, the life that we do have by now, the life. That... <laughs> Sorry, somebody is doing something outside. I'll tell you okay. Um, but that's the next step. You have to allow yourself. That's a huge part of your process is identifying where you are in the grieving stage, and then we work through how to get you to the next stage. What's gonna get you? to say five, right, to step five. 
Because truly what the culmination of our grieving is putting healing plans into action. And that may come in a form of setting boundaries, self-care. I mean, all of these things are part really putting time, effort, and intentional energy into our healing practices is the next thing. is putting together a, a plan for moving forward because it's, it's great to be like yo okay high five be healed um, and then what we need to make sure that we have things in, in place for like what I'm experiencing right now when new stuff comes up when new layers of old stuff comes up right because some look life is complicated relationships are complicated trauma is complicated we're at 29 minutes so i'm gonna just give you guys one, one final story um you know when i was first diagnosed with breast cancer um i immediately went into like help educate empower encourage mode right which really left no room for me processing that it was happening to me. So it actually took probably seven or eight years, honestly, before I actually, and I, I'm not going to lie, I had down moments, right? But a lot of the very beginning of my journey was centered around helping other people. It was around patient advocacy. It was around teaching self-breast exam courses and getting the message out and speaking and doing all of these you know, great things, right? Great, important work. Um, But I hadn't processed what I mean. So even when I did that to, you know, fast forward to last year, November, um, I want to say that it it was actually October when the doctor told me, like, I'm sorry to tell you, we're going to have to start all over. (laughs) Um, It brought up new layers of an old trauma. And it brought up that I was an advocate for everyone but myself. And that has been much of, just got emotional. A lot of my process is exposing that for me. That a lot of what I have done, a lot of what I have accepted, a lot of what I have forgiven, a lot of what I have overlooked is to keep the peace, is to be the light, is to be the sparkle, is to be forgiving, is to be friendly, is to X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Um, and it actually has brought me a lot of as I reflect on the different kinds of things that I allowed myself to be exposed to and to be part of and especially the amount of time that I allowed myself to experience and be exposed to those things um, now you live, you learn and then you get love so I, I'm not necessarily beating myself up I wouldn't say that at all but it's, it's, it's more than it truly is mourning um, the lack of self-love and the lack of self-worth 
that I had that did not allow me, didn't give me, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this, I didn't a lot advocating for myself, I, I didn't give myself that portion, um, and again, being the light and the sparkle and all this other kind of stuff, I also did not make it, make treating me well a requirement. Because look what I can do. I can bounce back and I'm sparkly and I'm this and I'm that. <laughs> what I should have been saying, no, watch your mouth. <laughs> That's what we not going to do. And don't get me wrong. You know, I certainly have spoken up for myself. I, I'm, I have not just been like uh, a doormat. But, you know, you recognize certain areas where you're like, yo, I really could have circumvented this whole situation right here had I just said, that's an over me, Doug. Um, so a lot of what I have experienced in my processing journey in this season is mourning um, the old version of me that really, really needed love from me. You know, uh, people, I think a lot of times, confuse uh, wanting attention with getting attention. Uh, I've always been, and <laughs> I'm going to say air quotes, <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> Just because I've always been comfortable on a microphone. And, and I'm the, the proverbial microphone, right? So that means, you know, it's after church and I'm gathering the cousins together to do a performance for the parents. Or, um, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys before, but I did once a sermon called Aggravation for my dad. And I think a couple of our other family members and I had some crates that we had stacked up and I made that the pulpit and I was like running like from one side of the living room to uh, the other side of the living room wall and pretending that the wall was like a chalkboard so I was like writing <laughs> Daniel's brothers were aggravated <laughs> I don't even remember but I'm, I, I vaguely remember that it had to do with Daniel and um, I'm sorry not Daniel uh, Joseph um and I remember my grandmother called my dad after and was like, how was the sermon? And my dad said, aggravating. Um, which, shout out to my dad, who keeps me grounded. <laughs> but, um, and so I think for some, for some people who don't have that, that don't need, that don't feel comfortable with that, that being kind of that je ne sais quoi or the, the that again kind of proverbial sparkle or the entertaining gene it sometimes in in their unprocessed state can feel like you are looking for attention because you naturally get it and one of the things that I've had to do for myself is 
I wouldn't say forgive, but accept that I have been different in that way my whole life. I've always been the girl to be, you know, in the third grade wearing tights and, you know, a little three-inch heel or a little two-inch, you know, heel or the the skirt with the, the, the slip with the extra little ruffle on it under my dress so I could pretend like I'm a can-can girl. Like, I've always been that person. And again, this part of what I'm processing for myself right now is the fact that when I I look back and I needed love I wasn't there for me because I was too busy people pleasing or trying not to make waves um so if you want peace be still get processing start working on you be still with yourself get into some deep silence you don't have to do a whole lot in terms of um, calling people and getting other people's advice and I'm trying to wrap up so I'm going to keep this really short um, I hopped on a business coaches live I've been following I follow a lot of different um, you know boss women you know and all of these different things and, and to be honest in my my actual immediate circle of friends I have many of those people in my circle and so it just so happened that I was available and um, I happened to be online and I said oh let me tune into this live because it popped up and so got on the live and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I was able to hop on, you know, blah, blah, blah. She shared some good information and then she, excuse me, slid in my DMs and, you know, did exactly what she's supposed to do. She offered me, I think, a free consultation and, you know, linked to these other services and, and whatnot um, or uh, different options of, of services and things that she provides and um, kind of worded it in a way that um, worded in a, in a way that like would almost make you feel bad if you didn't say yes like well if you're completely fine with doing things the way that you've been doing <laughs> and go ahead and, and keep not succeeding but if you want to succeed we got to. and so I just you know very transparently told her like I have an amazing business coach um, and I have an amazing group of ladies who, you know, 90% of my female friends are boss babes, like own businesses, have side hustles, have, you know, are building empires. And um, I said, you know, I have to be honest with you, like I, I'm grateful that I was able to hop on your live and your coaching sounds amazing. I said, but in this season of my life, I'm being still so that I can pierce but I can formulate my opinion first because when you go and you get this person's opinion and that person's opinion and you listen to this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing, if you're not careful, your own voice can begin to become muffled by all of the other voices. 
um, she didn't respond to that, so I guess she didn't, she wasn't hearing me on that, but I just told her, like, if I need you, I'll reach out, I appreciate you reaching out to me, but I'm good to so I'm saying all that to say, sometimes, step one is sitting with yourself, um, we're, we're, this is the final, the final countdown, me, 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 um, on July 30th, I will be hosting an unprocessed in-person, and I will actually be taking some of the key things that we walk through during the six-week process program and giving kind of like a crash course for those who are interested in starting their processing journey and aren't completely sure how. We are going to have a very intimate setting. I'm only opening this to 15 people. Um, where we kind of talk through and well I will be talking through I will be talking through the process program but I will also be talking through um, step one identifying those areas how to grieve and mourn how to identify where you are in that process um, those healing actions the, the thriving plan for moving forward I really wanted to do an event that would make it accessible for people who could not afford to do the six-week program, but are truly in a season of tired of being stuck and want to move forward and thrive beyond their trauma. And I truly feel like a lot of us are desiring um, a spirit of peace. And so I wanted to make this event available. Um, I will have, the link will be in the show notes if you're interested in participating and you are in the Southern California area. Um, I haven't decided yet, but I'm thinking about adding a virtual option for people who maybe cannot come in person, um, just because sometimes that's easier, but you will have access to, um, the, some of the process program, actual, um, homework sheets and guided, um, self-actualization exercises and different things that come in the process program so this is going to be a really really dope event I'm really excited about it and again it's July 3rd and I'm um, sorry July 3rd child July 30th <laughs> but again the link will be in the show notes I am so grateful that we have um, spent this time together I'm so excited that we're wrapping up season five also in the show notes will be my email if you are interested in getting more information about the process program working with me one-on-one here's some of my adversities of making sparkle coaching um or you just need prayer you want to talk through some things hit you girl up i hope you guys have a blessed rest of the week i hope to see you at unprocessed in person on july 30th um and until next season, you guys, I I love you. Be good. Make good decisions. And love yourself. Bye.